Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to take some time today and uh, minister on this subject, uh, honor for the things of God, honor for the things of God. And, uh, you know, when uh, Michelle was talking about uh, uh, Brother Jesse coming to be with us and, and these different things, uh, the job of any church is to honor God in what we do. Amen. And so one of the greatest ways that you honor God is doing what he asks. And so when, when we begin to honor God and God begins to take that place where he carries weight, because, you know, it's evident in your life what you honor. Amen. If, if you come to someone's home and it's all run down and the yard isn't taken care of and the, and the gutters are falling down, it's, it's evident that there's no honor for the place they live in. I used to have a friend that, that lived next door to me when I was a kid growing up, and uh, his name was Tony Haney. And I don't think any of the Haney's watch our program, so... I think I'm safe, <laughs> but I don't think, but this would have been back in the early 70s, and his dad got one of the, uh, Toyota came out with a little pickup uh, because of, you know, the, the fuel crunch, and, and uh, so everything was going small, y'all remember, most of you, and uh, it was brand new, and my dad was over one day talking to him, and I was standing there, and all of a sudden, we heard this uh, uh, pounding, pop, pop. Pop, and we looked around the side of the truck, and Tony had a hammer and was just hitting the side of his dad's truck. And my dad said, "Your son's hitting the side of your truck with a hammer." His dad said, oh, "I didn't nothing but a work truck." Well, I mean, it's his truck. If he wants to let his son beat on it, that's fine. But if you looked at their house, there was always half-done jobs. Right, tear a door out. And don't replace the door, just hang in there. Right? Beat up. Right? I'm not, I'm not going to talk about a car on blocks in the front yard, but it was there. If there was anybody on the block that had one, it was the Haney's. And, you know, you would go to every house. Pretty house. Pretty house. Pretty house. Haney house. Right? You've lived next to the Haney's, whether they were the Haney's or not. Right? Amen. Do, do you understand why I'm saying that? It was evident that their house was built at the same time our home was built, but within a year, their house looked 10 years old, and ours didn't look like it had aged because there was no honor. When I, when I was growing up in my house, my, listen, if, if, if you were my mother's child, you didn't come in the house with your shoes on. And my mother would tell you, I've worked hard all day keeping this house clean. 
And you're not going to come in here and my mother would say, and strew your stuff like a bunch of woodrows. You say, what's a woodrow? I don't know. I still don't know to this day. But, but the point was, you're going to honor the house that God has given us. And, and what did that do? That, that, in, that enabled more to come to us. When you have honor for the things of God, the honor from God is contained in honor for God. If I want God to honor me, it's contained in the honor for Him. Just like when you give, you sowed today. Your harvest was in that seed. It's not something that, that God has to do that's super miraculous. It's a law. When you begin to honor God and His things, the reciprocal is that God honors you. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 27. This is uh, when the prophet of God came to the high priest Eli. And notice he said, There came a man of God to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of your father when you were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer on my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of your father all the offerings made by fire to the children of Israel? Now the answer to all those questions is yes, he did. Uh, 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 Eli was of the house of Levi, and God appeared to them in Egypt and set the, the house of Levi, the tribe of Levi, apart as the servants, the priests of God. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. He said, you don't give Levi any inheritance. He said, I'm their inheritance. All right, they, they don't get land. You don't divide up any of the land for them. I'm their inheritance, right? I'm their portion. All the offerings that come, you get them. You see? So the answer is yes. Now notice, now here's, here's, here's the understood subject. With that being the case, verse 29, wherefore do you kick at my sacrifice and at my offering? Now notice, notice these words, my sacrifice, my offering. Is that what he says? Which I have commanded in my habitation, and you honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your fathers should walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. So notice, he said this was the plan, but not now. Because there's a lack of honor for what I said, for what I, for what I asked of you to do. And notice, he said, those that honor me. That word honor, the, the basic concept of honor is weightiness, to carry weight. Right? That, that's the concept of honor, is to be weighty, to have to, for that person, that person's word, what they think, carries weight with you. Amen. 
He said, those that honor me. Now notice that. Those that honor me. What I say, those that, what I say carries weight with, they'll carry weight with me. But then he said, those that lightly esteem me, those that despise me, will be lightly esteemed. Despise means to be vile or worthless. That's why I said, why, why, are you, why do you kick at my offerings? Like, like they're nothing. He said, they'll be lightly esteemed. That means to make light of, to be of little account. Now, when we read these verses, there are people that will say, yeah, but that was the Old Testament. Well, that, that's right, except the Bible says God doesn't change. And so his attitudes about his things haven't changed. I heard J.R. Goodwin say something one time, and, and J.R. Goodwin was a, a contemporary brother Hagen, and he made the statement, he said, uh, you know, he said, there was a man in the Bible named Judas Iscariot, and he said he was stealing from the, the ministry of Jesus, uh, he was plotting to betray Jesus, and he said, you never ever see Jesus correcting him one time. And he, he said, there are people that live their lives, and the, uh, in the process of living their lives, they don't honor God, and God says nothing to them. He said, but when they get to the place of judgment, they'll hear then. Now, this is not a message about sin or even finances. It's about honor. Amen. Honor begins with honoring the things of God. Dishonor begins with dishonoring the things of God. And notice, their dishonor, Eli and his sons, their dishonor began with their treatment of God's offerings. That's where it began. And uh, you're right there in 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 13. This is, uh, for the sake of time, I'll paraphrase it some. This, this is describing when the people would bring their offerings to God. And the priest's servant would come along, and he had a fork, and he would come up to whatever uh, uh, container they had that they were uh, uh, cooking the meat in, and before it was done, before it was cooked, like it was supposed to be in the Word, he would stick that fork in there, and whatever came up, he'd just take it. And he said, if the person said, wait a minute, that's not ready, let's wait till the fat's off of it, so it'll be a proper sacrifice, he would tell them, no, we're going to take it the way it is, and if you don't give it to us, we'll take it by force. And it says, in doing so, they made the offerings of the Lord contemptible. Amen. It, that's two things. They treated it with contempt and people started not wanting to do it. Amen. They despised the Lord's offering. The New English translation says, the sin of these young men was very great in the Lord's sight for they treated the Lord's offering with contempt. They treated it with contempt. So the level that I honor God and the things of God determines the level of honor I receive back from God. And that, that includes his offerings. 
God takes his offerings very seriously. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, God takes his offerings seriously. Amen. Offerings and finances, they're not a light thing with God. They're not a light thing with God. Uh, if you look there in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 29, notice this. Wherefore do you kick up my sacrifice and my offerings that I've commanded in my habitation and honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people? One translation says, why then do you look with greed at the sacrifices and offerings that I require for my people? Why, Eli, do you honor your sons more than me? Hallelujah. See, who does God honor? Those that honor him. Eli honored his sons, who the Amplified Bible says were base and worthless, more than he honored God. Hallelujah. See, it's not okay with God if I place anyone or anything in a higher place than him. Now, that's important. Because there's one number one spot, and it's reserved for God. Amen. Do you see that? And, and when something else takes that spot, it's, it's considered dishonor. Because that spot is reserved for him. When, when he brought the children of Israel out of bondage, and he gave uh, Moses what we refer to as the Ten Commandments. One of the first commandments was, you shall have no other gods before you. You will have no other gods in my presence, is what that means. Why? Because there's only room for one. Only room for one. That's why over and over again in the Old Testament, he said, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. He, he, he wasn't preaching oneness theology he was saying, one God, alone. I'm God alone. There is no other God except me. And that, that was the sin of idolatry, was it was taking the honor that was reserved for God only and giving it to another entity that had no power to help. Amen. And he said, I won't have it in my presence. Because, because either you honor me 100%, or you go your own way. Oh, hallelujah. The actions of Eli's son cost them. But the action of Eli honoring them more than the Lord cost them. Hallelujah. Because that's what he asked. Why do you honor your sons more than me? This is what I said and how the offering should be treated and yet you're still letting them participate in the priesthood, and you're still putting them in this position of leadership, and they're treating my offerings this way, you honor them more than you honor me. Amen. I've been in houses before. I've been in homes before where the parents told me they couldn't do nothing with their children, and you'd go in the child's room, and it was full of all kinds of ungodly things, and well, what do you do? I mean, they get to a certain age and you just can't do anything. What? Your house? You're paying the bills? And you can't stop them from watching something ungodly in your house? 
How about no TV? How about you don't have to have internet? You, you understand? People say, oh, pastor, that's tough. No, I'm not going to honor them more than I honor God. Hallelujah. See, it's not, it's not legalism. It's, it's there's a standard. A large reason that we have a lot of the problems in our nation that we have today is there's a lack of honor for God and a lack of honor for the things of God. Amen. All of, all of you all remember. All of you all remember the day when, almost all of you, some of you aren't old enough, I remember the day when things weren't open on Sunday. I mean, you were blessed if there was one restaurant open. And that's why you had to have the shifts, the Baptists and the Presbyterian and the Methodists. You had to have the shifts because there's only one. <laughs> well, why was that? Everybody went to church on Sunday, or at least it was assumed everybody went to church. There was always one old heathen that didn't go to church on Sunday, and everybody knew they were a heathen. But you sure didn't see liquor stores open on Sunday. You didn't see movie theaters open on Sunday. Amen. Well, well what has happened? People have begun to honor finances and honor money and honor pleasure and honor free time more than they honor the things of God. You're here today, and you're saying by your presence, this is the Lord's day. And I'm going to honor God with my presence on the Lord's day. And I got up this morning, and I took a shower, and I shined my shoes, and I combed my hair, and I'm in church, and I've got my best on no matter what it is, because I want to honor God. I want to put God first. And by bringing your kids and your grandkids, you've said, kids, we honor God. We could be doing anything with this day that we want to do, but we have chosen to go to church and honor God. That leaves an indelible imprint on your family because they know where you're going to be on Sunday morning. They know where you're going to be on Wednesday night. We're not going to be hanging out at the park. We're going to be in church. Why? Because we want to honor God. You want to go to the park? Go on Monday. Go on Thursday. Go on Saturday. But you don't have to go on Sunday. That's the Lord's day. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. I saw something the other day. I saw a sign that said uh, that it was uh, back to church Sunday. And I thought, where have you been for the last two years? <laughs> we started having church again May 21st, 2020. We were having church before then. Now, now I know, and I know we had to come back in stages, and there were things that, that and I understand that. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But here, here's my point. What, now, see, here, here's the thing. Churches that are having problems are churches that already begin to eliminate times that they gathered together. You can't, you can't go for years giving people the impression that one service a week is enough for their spiritual sustenance, and then when you want them to come back to church, you start emphasizing church attendance. You de-emphasize it for 15 years. And then you want to emphasize it and wonder why people won't come back to church. They were only coming once a week then. You can't complain about people want to sit home and watch it on live stream when that's the that you when 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 you promoted technology 
and said, it's okay just to sit home and watch it on live stream. Just come together on Sunday morning and we'll have our 45-minute service and get you out of here in plenty of time. You can't de-emphasize it and dishonor God and then want to emphasize it and bring people back when there's a problem. Amen. The Bible says don't, now please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I, I know that people have to miss church at times, and, and, and I'm okay with that. Here's what I'm trying to explain to you. The Bible says, don't, don't, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now, everybody's not going to be at every service, and I understand that, and I'm completely okay with that. But, but here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm trying to, to speak to you about. When it becomes something where it's optional, it moves over into dishonor. It's not optional. Church is not optional. I was not given an option. Amen. So back to my original point. I've, I've, had, people, I've had people say, well, you know, I let my, my daughter and her boyfriend move in here. I don't agree with what they're doing. But you letting them move in and sleep in the same bed and sleep in the same room. Well, I don't agree. You let them move in. You must agree. More time? Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but they don't have anywhere to go. Well, one of them can stay here alone. Y'all choose. Draw lots. But both together, no, 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 no. Well, they'll just go somewhere else and do it. Okay, if they want to go somewhere else, and that's their business. But this house honors God. Is that right? Amen. We had a, a relative tell us one time, well, I know that y'all won't be here because church is the most important thing in your life. Yeah. Well, how'd that make you feel? Great. Because we're honoring God. Am I helping you? Honor for God Starts with the everyday things. He's dealing with offerings here. Where did that dishonor begin? With the Lord's offerings. This don't mean nothing. I can treat it however I want. If, if God is honored by His offerings from us, He's most probably honored in other areas of our lives. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Malachi chapter 1. You know, the standard of honor is not legalism. And here's what I want you to understand. God considers it honor when you're doing your very best to do what He asks you. It is better to fail trying to honor God than it is to live ever how you want with no regard for Him. Amen. Malachi chapter 1, verse 2. Notice, I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, wherein have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Now, ultimately, what that means is I didn't accept him. I rejected him. Well, why did God accept Jacob 
and reject Esau. Because very often, well, let's, let's go to Genesis 25 and we'll look at this. Why did God accept Jacob and reject Esau? That, that was always an issue for me because I would go to church and I would hear people talk about what a bad guy Jacob was. Jacob was a liar, cheat, deceiver, sorry, no good mama's boy. And I thought, then why in the world would God bless him? They, they always made Esau seem to be the good guy. Man's man. Jacob stole everything from Esau. And then I started studying myself. And I found some things out. You know, people say, well, Jacob's name means supplanter. I've, I've heard great ministers say, cheat, trickster. You can look up the, the word for yourself in, in W. Vines. You can look it up in Thayer's. You can look it up in Strong's. You will not find cheat, trickster, or deceiver connected with that word. It's heel catcher. And when, when, when uh, Esau said, hadn't he, he said, isn't his name supplanter right? Because he's done this to me twice. The word means he tripped me up. Well, there's a reason. I'm going to show you. There's a reason. And when you look at Jacob's, uh, uh, when it says Esau was a cunning hunter and Jacob was a plain man, I've heard people say, see there, he was a mama's boy, sitting in the tent with mama all day. Well, except that's not what that word means. It literally means this, a man who is morally upright. A man who is healthy physically and spiritually. That's what that means. I mean, I don't see anybody in here that I would call a deceiver. But yet, I don't see anybody in here that hasn't made a mistake. Hallelujah. Remember with David? And how many times have you heard preachers talk about what a bad guy David was? How he was a horrible father. He was a horrible this and a horrible that. You know, I find it interesting that the Bible, in recounting one of the most godly kings, Josiah, it says in, during his reign that there was no king that so perfectly pleased the Lord like David except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. It, isn't it interesting that if David was such a bad guy and such a loose guy, certainly God would have brought something else up other than Uriah the Hittite. But he didn't bring anything but that up. But we'll get into this in, in further messages. But, but notice David. David was the one that sat in a house that God had given him and said, it is not right that I'm sitting here in this beautiful house and the ark of God is in a tent. He said, I want to build something magnificent for God. And Nathan said, do all that's in your heart. And he went home and prayed about it. And God said, go back and tell my servant David that he's not going to build me a house, but I'm going to build him a house. <laughs> Who does God honor? Those that honor him. How did David prove his honor? When Nathan came and said, you're the man, you're the one I'm talking about. David immediately got on his face and said, Lord, against you only have I sinned. I haven't sinned against Uriah. I haven't sinned against Bathsheba. I haven't sinned against the nation. Lord, it's only against you that I have sinned. Purge me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Help me get this thing right. 
those that honor me. The enemy wants to drive you to shame when you make a mistake. Hide it. Don't tell anybody. Don't. No, 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 no. Run to God. Repent. Get it out in the open. Why? That honors God. That tells God that you believe what He said. That I will forgive you and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness and I'll make you right again. That honors God. What dishonors God is when I just act like it didn't happen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? In Genesis 25, verse 31, notice this. Am I helping you so far? And Jacob said, now this is when Esau came in from hunting. And he saw Jacob making some lentil stew. And Jacob said, uh, notice Esau said, give me some of that pottage for I'm about to die. <laughs> and Jacob said, sell me your, this day, your birthright. The right of the firstborn. The right of the firstborn. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, you don't have to go there, but God says this. He says that there's a man that has two wives, and he has one wife that he don't like. King James uses a stronger word, hates her. And another one that he loves. And the one that he hated had a son. That is the firstborn. He said, when it comes time to divvy up the inheritance, he can't say, I'm going to give this to the secondborn because I love his mother. He said, he got to give it to the firstborn because it's his right from the Lord. You understand? God set this up for the firstborn to get double. It was the right of the firstborn. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Now, right there, if it means anything, he's saying, nope, that's off the table. I'll give you anything else you want. I got a nice coat, got a good mule, but this is off the table. Is that right? Notice what Esau said. I'm at the point to die. Isn't it something how when your God is your belly, Everything's overemphasized. I'm about to die. You know he wasn't about to die. What profit shall this birthright be to me? Jacob said, swear to me this day. Now watch. You want to see something interesting? And he swear unto him. And sold his birthright. What did Jacob say? Swear you're going to give it to me. And what did he do? He performed an oath. He went through the process. He swore and gave his birthright to Jacob. That was the right of the firstborn. That was what God had set apart for the firstborn to have as proof that he was the firstborn of that godly man. And Jacob said, Sell it to me. Give it to me. Swear. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he ate and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Do you see that? He despised it. 
So this is something holy. This is something that God has ordained. And he acts like it's nothing. I'm hungry. Give me some lentils. Give me your birthright. What good's this birthright if I'm going to die? Well, swear to me. I got, a, I got a bowl right here. Just swear to me. Okay? And he went through the process and swore, I'll give you my birthright. I swear. You know, back then they didn't have to sign a contract. Didn't need 14 witnesses and four lawyers. If you said, I swear, that was good enough. And notice what the Lord said. He despised it. Is that right? That, that word despised, it basically means to consider worthless. What good is his birthright? It's worthless. Hallelujah. Esau despised the birthright the Lord had given him. The right of the firstborn. Look at Hebrews 12. See, we're answering the question. Why did he reject Esau? The things of God have to carry weight. I've, I've heard this so much over the last decade. Well, God understands. The things of God must carry weight because God doesn't understand. I was counseling with a, a guy one time. He, he came in at the behest of his wife and he was having an affair with a woman on his job. Wife knew about it. And uh, so he came in. Usually I don't do that, but I'd known this couple a while. And so he came in and sat down in the, in the seat across from my desk, and I started talking to him. And uh, I said, uh, I told him, I said, well, you know what you're doing is wrong, right? He said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. I said, well, what are we going to do about it? We need to get it right, right? He said, yeah, yeah, we, we need to get it right. I said, okay, well, let's pray. Well, he bowed his head. And was waiting on me. I said, hey, I'm not committing adultery. You are. You're the one who needs to pray. I'm good. I'll pray with you. Right? I'll never forget. He bowed his head and he said, oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And he got quiet and he raised his head and looked at me and said, I can't do this. Got him left. See, it's there. The, the way out is there. But, but you've got to honor it. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 12, notice Hebrews 12, verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Now look, look what the word says about Esau. Fornicator and profane person. You know, even before all this happened, Esau was taking wives of people groups that God said, don't marry them. Because he didn't care about what God said. And it says that the wives he married were a grief of heart and mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Why? Because they didn't care about the things of God. When, when, when you're looking for somebody to be married to and you're looking for somebody to be in a relationship with, you're looking for somebody that esteems the things of God the same way that you do it has to matter if going to church don't matter to them i'd look again if doing the things of god don't matter i'd look again 
Why? Because uh, I, I better just move on. Because, because, because what keeps you living right? You want to honor God. Everybody in here at one time in your life has been tempted to sin. Whether or not you did was dependent upon how much you honor God. I'm not going to do that because I honor God. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I won't look on a maid. Who did he make a covenant with? God. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to honor you. Is that right? When you see people that honor God, they have this life that is free. They have a life that is at ease. They have a life where, where the grind seems to be gone, where the, the drama seems to be out of it. Because I'll tell you what settles drama is honoring God. There's no drama because I honor God. This is how it is. This is the way it's going to be. Amen. Who for one morsel of bread sold his birthright. For we know that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. Now, wait a minute. People say, yeah, Isaac rejected him. Mm -mm, God rejected him. After, look, after he sold the birthright, he would have inherited the blessing, but he was rejected. Why was he rejected for the, the blessing? He didn't care anything about the birthright. The blessing was part of the birthright. You get the blessing because you're the firstborn. If the right of the firstborn doesn't matter, then the blessing doesn't matter. So now, now, now you think about this, and you do whatever you want to do with it, and you read your own Bible. So then why was it okay with God that Jacob got the blessing? Because Esau didn't want it. Well, he did too want it. No, he didn't. He proved by his actions. He didn't care anything about it. The Bible says he despised it. Who wanted it? Who wanted it? Who did it mean something to? Jacob. Yeah, but he went about it the wrong way. Sure, he went about it the wrong way. I believe God would have got it to him anyway. But even in his mistake, even in his failure, he was proving something. He was proving, I esteem greater the things of God than the one that it's reserved for. Hallelujah. When the Lord told me, when I was praying on a Monday evening, under the, the, the piano, baby grand piano in the Kansas location. And I was praying, fifth year of our pastoring, and I was praying. And the Lord asked me, he said, what does the number five mean? And I said, the number five means, the, uh, means grace, Lord. It means grace. He said, okay, so this is your fifth year of pastoring. He said, I've given you five years. He said, how long did the other pastors pastor here? I, I knew both of them, and I said, five years. And he said, right, I gave them five years to do what I was asking them to do, and they wouldn't do it. And then he asked me, he said, no, I've given you five years. Will you do it, or do I need to find someone else? I said, I'll do it. Don't look any further. So he let me know I wasn't the first choice. I was at least third. Now, you can say what you want, good men all, but here's the issue. There was something there where that, what they weren't willing to do that God was asking. You understand? So it will always come down to, am I, am I going to do what God's asking me to do? Because there's something of a reward that's attached to that. Hallelujah. 
So, notice, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected because of the treatment of what the Lord had given him. This was not a promise. This was his by right. Oh, glory. Now, look at Genesis 28. Who does God honor? Those that honor him. And you know, especially in relationships, you don't need any other explanation. I don't have to explain to you why I'm not doing something other than it doesn't honor God. And we've had people say, y'all need to come out of your, your uh, 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 dream world. One person said, you need to come out of your tunnel. You got blinders on. You can only see things that way. Well, yeah. That's it. That's the only way. That, that's the only way. This is the only way. And I don't have to explain that. No, we're not watching that. Why? It doesn't honor God. Everybody else is watching it. I don't care. A, a certain movie came out, and it was a kid's movie. And, 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 and our daughter wanted to go see it when it first came out. And we heard about a scene in it that was ungodly. And we sat her down and said, we're not going. Well, what'd she do? Well, why? I really want to go. No, because there's parts of this movie that don't honor God. Yeah, but you don't have to watch that part. It's in the movie. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, we can fast forward. Does that take it out of the movie? Does that take it out of the intent? How many times do they have to use the Lord's name before it's dishonorable? I think once. How many times do they have to tell people to go to hell and damn this and damn that before we say, that's, that's, that, that's, right? My pastor, you say, my ears are not trash cans. I'm not being legalistic. I'm saying, if I want to honor the things of God, I have to honor the things of God. The, the way I look at it, everything I have, God has given me. That TV that I have, God gave that to me. God prospered me to buy that. I, I have a right and I have a responsibility to keep it pure, to keep the things that come across it pure. God gave me my car. God gave me my, my life. God gave me my home. I can't just live ever how I want in my home. People will say, this is God's house. God gave us this house. If God gave you that house, you got to live in that house like God gave it to you. Mm. Hallelujah. Genesis 28, verse 20. Notice, notice this. Whew. Let me get there. 28 and verse 20. Jacob had left home, notice, and Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me and keep me in the way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone that I've set for a pillar will be God's house, and all that you have given me, I will surely give the tenth to you. One translation says, 
I will give one-tenth always back to you. So notice Esau despised his birthright and Jacob honored God with a vow of an offering. I'll give a tenth always back to you. Amen. Malachi chapter 1. It's, it's a heart set. It's not a set of rules. It's, it's where your heart is. When my heart, remember in Exodus 25, God said to Moses, he said, take an offering of my people Israel. He said, uh, an offering from a willing heart. And it said, so everybody that was willing hearted, that's a good place for you to tell your neighbor, I'm willing to honor God. Tell them again, I'm willing to honor God. Hallelujah. When, 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 when there's things, I, I ask people this all the time. They'll say, well, I need to quit doing this. Here's a way to quit doing what you know you need to quit doing. Does this honor God? You know, we've got, uh, what, 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 what is it? It's uh, Article 4 or uh, something's coming up to, to vote on here soon in America, uh, uh, in Arkansas. Uh, about uh, marijuana, wanting to legalize marijuana in the state of Arkansas. And, you know, you, you hear proponents talking about how, uh, you know, it'll be taxed and there'll be more money coming in. No, no. It, medical marijuana will not be taxed in Arkansas when it comes in. That, that they're lying to us. Here, here's my question. If you, if you wonder if that's something you should be involved in, can you roll a joint and light it up and worship God while you're token? Can, does that bring glory to God? Then settle the issue. Well, is it sin? Does it honor God? Do you see how that levels the playing field? I've had people ask me, well, you know, Pastor, is, is it a sin... To drink a beer. Well, why do you want to know? I mean, what's the upside? How does that honor God? <laughs> Praise the Lord. That, you can't honor God with that. There's no way. Lord, I want to honor you today. Get out of the way, old woman! See, I'm trying to drive here. Frig, I forget. We've all been there. Does that honor God? See, does it honor God? See, it, this levels the playing field. It just, it, it just settles the issue. And I'm not, we, everybody's made mistakes. I'm, th this is what I want you to understand. But what allevi alleviates a lot of that and eliminates it is does this honor God? Is, is this relationship that I'm in, is it honoring God? The way that I'm doing things, is it honorable to God? Amen. 
When I was a youth pastor, I would say, young men are always asking me, you know, what's appropriate on a date with my girlfriend? Here's what's appropriate. How would you treat her if her father was sitting in the front seat with you? That's appropriate. Because if you wouldn't do it with dad there, you shouldn't be doing it. Amen. Right? Well, the Bible says that God is in us. So God's there. Everywhere I go. Amen. Genesis, uh, or Malachi 1, verse 6, notice this. A son honors his father, a servant his master. If I'm a father, where's my honor? Now, Now notice, God's having to ask, where is my honor? And he wasn't talking to people that weren't bringing offerings. He was talking to people that were bringing offerings that meant nothing to them. Blind and lame, crippled, diseased. All right? Notice what he says. You offer polluted bread on my altar and you say, where have we polluted you? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. You offer the blind for sacrifice. Is it not evil? If you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Notice what he's saying. If it doesn't honor natural men, it doesn't honor me. They, they wouldn't be honored by it, so I'm not honored by it. Where is my honor? I made the decision years ago. That will never be asked of me in my life, in my ministry, or in this church. Ever. No one, God will never ask, where's my honor? Where, where did this question come from? The offerings that they were presenting to the Lord. The offerings. You can't bring the Lord just any old thing. This is important. And pe- people will say, the, well, the Lord understands. No, he does not. And, and he expects our best, whatever our best may be, he expects our best. Amen. L- let me share this with you. We just had our night of giving last week in, in both locations. We had a, 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 a young lady in the Kansas location where I was at that, that night. And when she started coming to the church, she was behind on everything. Just, it was a mess. Just behind on it. And we started, uh, she was there for the night of vision. Uh, uh, and, and, and so we all agreed about what we were going to give and what we were going to do. And she's learning. And Pastor Michelle was preaching one Sunday morning. And she came up to Pastor Michelle. And you know, when you're not raised in church, you don't know all the, the lingo. And so she came up to Pastor Michelle and she said, I just want to tell somebody. I've been trying that tithing thing. And she said, it's working. Well, see, what we understand is you're honoring God. Amen. And she she brought her little boys. She's a single mother, had been through a divorce. And she brought those little old boys to church that Sunday night. And, And boy, those little boys got blessed. Because the first person they met when they came in the door was me. I said, how y'all doing? And they said, I'm great. I said, well, here, let me bless you. So I got in my, my pocket and I gave both of them a 20. And that one little boy, I told him, I said, y'all would do good to learn from him. He, he looked at me and goes, 
I got another brother at home. I said, you do? He said, yeah. I said, well, here you go. And he had all three of them 20s. And his mom goes, you want me to put that in my purse? He goes, I got pockets. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know how much she gave. Nobody will ever know who the biggest giver was. But here's what I do know. There were people that put $5,000 in that offering. There were people that put $6,000. There were people that put $2,000. I, I don't know how much it was. I know it wasn't that much. But she brought those little old boys up before the Lord while we were worshiping with our giving. And she stood there with tears streaming down her face and said, I honor God with my giving. And I honor God with, with what you've given me. And those little boys were standing with their eyes closed. I don't know if they knew what they were doing exactly, but they were there with Mama honoring God with the best they had. And she caught me after church, tears in her eyes. She said, I just want to tell somebody. She said, you know, I've been tithing. I said, yes. She said, Pastor, my rent is paid up through December. She said, I got a new car. I got a raise on my job. She said, everything went the exact way God said it was going to go. If God tells you something's going to go a certain way, just get in line and honor God because it's going to go that way. Just stay with it. Just honor God, and God will do what He said. Amen. Hallelujah. No one will ever know who the biggest giver in a church is. Nobody. Nobody will ever know. Because what might be small to you is big to somebody else, and what might be large to you is small to somebody else. No one will ever know. But just because we're under grace doesn't mean that God and what He expects has changed. Hasn't changed. Just because we're under grace doesn't mean everything's okay. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do the other. If God said it, God hasn't changed. Grace doesn't eliminate the need to honor God. Hallelujah. You know, we made a mistake because uh, people like me that, that were raised in church, you know, I was raised with our, uh, uh, and, you, and you've heard this before, you know, we were raised, I was raised with Sunday clothes. Quickest way to get a whipping was to wear your Sunday clothes on Wednesday. Because then were your Sunday clothes. Amen. And, and now, now, please bear with me as I say this. And what I think a mistake that has been made is that people from, from my upbringing we, 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 we made a lot about preachers getting in the pulpit with holes in their jeans, right? Looking like they just came from mowing their yard. Because we understand the dishonor. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen to me. What, what we have done is we've made people think that if you don't have a suit and tie... That you're not honoring God. God's honored by your best. If all you got is a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, you can wash them. You can press them. Is that right or not? You, you, can, you can make it your best. When you come to church, come in your good jeans. Right? Why? Because... Grace doesn't eliminate the need to honor God. 
If you're struggling financially, check up on how you're honoring the offerings of God. What does what I give mean to me? Well, I don't have a lot to give. Do you treat it like it's not a lot? Because if you don't think it's much, you're not going to think it's much to God. But if you know it's the best, that you, when I, when I went to Ecuador, I stayed, I stayed with the pastor. And they gave me the best room in the house. And I knew it was the best. It was his room. The best one there was. The best bed. Was it like my bed at home? No. But it was the best they had. Well, what'd you do? Slept there like it was a suite in the, in the Sheraton. Why? It's the best they had. It was the best they had. And God honored those meetings. Not just because of what they did for, to me, but because of our attitude. If you complain, you're dishonorable. When you complain about something, it's dishonor. Hallelujah. It's about the honor that we show to the things of God. Now, let me give you this last verse. Luke chapter 7. Am I helping you? See, this is important. And, and back to what I was saying about clothing. You know, it's not that you have to wear a tie and a shirt and a jacket to every service. This is, this, is, this is where a mistake has been made. I believe if you're going to minister the things of God, you, you need to show honor to the things of God by, by presenting yourself worthy in a worthy manner. But here's the thing. What, whatever you have, you give God your best. That's honor. I say that's honor. That's what God expects. God, God doesn't expect everyone to wear a certain kind of clothes or a certain kind of shoes. God, God expects us to be modest and God expects us to be honorable. Is that right? Luke chapter 7 and verse 37. Behold a woman in the city which was a sinner. <gasps> a sinner. Isn't that what it says? Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say used to be a sinner. Was a sinner. Well, what'd she do? She heard about Jesus. Now notice, when she knew Jesus sat at me in the Pharisee's house, dear Lord, the sinner had to come when he was in the Pharisee's house. <laughs> Couldn't she wait till I was at some other sinner's house? Brought an alabaster box of ointment. Approximately $40,000 worth. And stood at his feet behind him. Weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears. And wiped them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. The Greek says over and over, and over, and over, and over again. Hmm. And anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee that had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. Hmm. 
This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. The Greek is quick to point out a very great sinner. Now, there are people who say, well, she was a prostitute. I don't know. The Bible just says a very great sinner. You know, there's other sinners besides prostitutes in the Bible. Whatever it was, she was a very great sinner. And everybody knew her. <laughs> but she was rich. Had some money. And Jesus answered and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Master, say on. Watch this. There's a certain creditor that had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will, he love most, will love him most? He answered and said, I suppose he whom he forgave most. And he said, you've rightly judged. He turned to the woman and said to Simon. He turned to the woman but said to Simon. Turned to the woman but said to Simon. You see this woman? I entered into your house. Now watch. Here's a Pharisee. He's godly. Son of God enters his house. I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she's washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherever, wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? For she loved much. No honor without love and no love without honor. If you don't honor, you can't love. And if you don't love, you can't honor. Hallelujah. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, your sins are forgiven you. And then the last verse says, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So Simon despised that woman's gift. The one forgiven the most loved the most. This woman's love for Jesus was reflected in her giving. Now notice something. Jesus said to Simon, you gave me no water, you gave me no kiss, you gave me no ointment. Simon's honor for Jesus was reflected in what he did not give. So it can be reflected in what I give, and it can be reflected in what I don't give, in what I don't do. Hallelujah. You know, when you work in the church, and I'm, I'm, I got two minutes and I'll be done. When you work in the church and you volunteer in the church and, and you, you know, you're doing that for God. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for the Lord. You're not doing it for the church. You're doing it for the Lord. In, in the parking lot, you're doing that for the Lord. We, I, was, I was standing out there with the guys holding the signs today. People were honking. One lady rolled down her window and said, that's right, Jesus is Lord. Corby told me, he said, well, that's better than them that throw you the finger. I said, they're just telling you you're number one. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you, we're number one. Praise God. One way, brother, Jesus is Lord. 
But think, but think about that. When you're, when you're out there holding that sign up, Jesus is Lord over Little Rock, you're not doing that for me. You're not doing that for the church. You're doing that for the Lord. You're doing it for God. Jesus is Lord over our city. Do, do you see that? When you pray for our church, and you pray for your pastors, and you pray for what God's doing, you're, you're not doing that just for people. You're doing that to honor God. Our honor for God and what He's done for us will be reflected in our offerings. It'll be reflected in our lives. It'll be reflected in the way we go about our daily living. Amen. Because those that honor me, he said, I will honor. That's, that's so key. And when you make honor a lifestyle, I've, I've striven over the years to make honor a lifestyle. This is something, Lord, I want to honor you in the things that, that we do. I want to honor you in the way that I live my life. I want to honor you in the way that we do things in the church. Lord, we want to honor you in our relationships. Hallelujah. Because those that honor him, he'll honor. Isn't that wonderful? Just, just say this with me. Just as we're closing, close your eyes and just make this your prayer. Say, Father, I choose to do those things that show my honor for you that show that you carry weight with me. Lord, I say this right now. What you think matters. What you think about my life matters. Help me to honor you in everything.